All right, he is back for 2023, episode 01. Dennis Stewart, good afternoon. Great to have you with us, mate. How are you, Mark? Mate, back for another 10-year deal, I believe. Oh, absolutely, 10 years, yes. 10? That'll, that'll bring me up to my 60th birthday. <laughs> um, more lies. All right, mate, uh, great to have you back. Like we yes. said, we'll be answering some questions shortly, 49216216. But um, what did you get up to over the summer? Oh, some... Very exciting stuff. My wife and myself did our uh, trip to the high country, to the New England area, and despite the fact that everything was shut down, <laughs> even in the motel on Christmas Day, we had a delightful time looking at the uh, the foliage, the herbs, the hawthorn berry around, uh, around Arding. Um, it was great looking at uh, the countryside up there, which uh, has foliage and medicinal plants that we don't see in this hot, humid coastal area. Outside of that, I, uh, I did some uh, uh, reading, as you would expect, and I also did some further work on a, a textbook that I have been writing for some time, and one of my uh, dear friends... Does the word mem- memoir come to mind? A bit better than that. Okay. <laughs> but Dan Jones, who listens to this program on the Atherton, Dan did a lot of the notes from my seminars that I conducted over the years, and Dan has put together most of the formulations, and it's been languishing uh, in my study for many years. The other day he said, look, (laughs) what are you going to get it done? I said, Dan, this is the year. So I've started work on preparing that, and I anticipate that that work will be released towards the end of the year. Thanks to good Dan. It's a great man. He did all the work in coordinating my postgrad seminars for years. So that was good, and I did, of course some reading on medicinals and found some new information which I incorporate into my practices and which I'll mention during the year here. All right. Like I said, I kind of had a feeling, a bit of a vibe that what you did over summer, you may be able to incorporate that through uh, upcoming episodes. And uh, I'm just going to call this now, by Christmas, if the book's out by then, we'll be giving away some copies (laughs) of uh, A Life Well Lived with Dennis Stewart. Health Naturally is the name of the game uh, back for week one with Dennis Stewart for 2023. And Dennis, something that a lot of folks uh, seem to be afflicted with Mm. at one point is arthritis. And Mm. you've spoken a lot about a couple of ways that might be worth having a look at there. Herbs such as willow bark and turmeric uh, with uh, somewhat success, you've told me. Yeah, look, I've always had uh, a soft spot, so to speak, for both of those herbs. But in in recent times, I've had some very uh, confirming results in prescribing those two herbs, even for individuals with uh, some level of rheumatoid arthritis. Now, let me just explain. With arthritis, there are two um, levels or two forms of arthritis. Uh, There's osteoarthritis, which um, I simply refer to as more of a degenerative disease, wear and tear, as we sometimes mention it, and that's probably not doing justice to it. But there's also what's called... It's a rheumatoid. fair observation, though. <laughs> I can vouch for that. None of us are, ten, none of us are 20, Dennis. <laughs> and uh, the, um, the, the, the other thing is there is a rheumatoid arthritis, which is more inflammatory, and that is the one that causes very significant distress with, with a lot of uh, pain, uh, very excruciating pain at times, with immobility, with a lot of swelling, and unfortunately uh, requires frequently the administration of what we call steroids, prednisone and sometimes stronger medication. And in the acute phase of that condition, in my opinion, that is the appropriate therapy. However, 
rheumatoid arthritis can take various levels. And what I have found, even in my last day of practice this year, what I have found is that with individuals who have been uh, uh, under their rheumatologists and well-treated, no doubt about that, uh, and have, uh, if you like, brought their level of steroid medication down considerably to the point where they may be on, say, five milligrams of, uh, of prednisone, uh, reluctant to go any further. When we have introduced, by the way, with their medicos' informa- uh, permission, where we have introduced uh, a combination of willow bark and the herb curcumin or turmeric, what I have found is that that is a very significant combination to prescribe. <clears throat> Uh, to some rheumatoid arthritic sufferers who are on the downward pathway trying to escape from steroid medication, and rightly so in my opinion, but each time they have got to a certain level and have sought to go further, sometimes around 5 MGs, they find that their symptoms reassert themselves and they've had to move back up the ladder. What I have found is that in some people, in some people, particularly those that are motivated and want to do something to get a handle on their condition rather than just languish on steroids for the rest of their life. When you prescribe, and let me emphasise, the right form of willow bark, that is a standardised extract in the right dosage in combination with the extract of turmeric known as curcumin in the right dosage, you can get sometimes a very, very significant maintenance of the low level of steroid that they've had and in a number of patients have seen them slide down off the steroid managing themselves quite well by continuing sometimes elevated dosages of both those herbs. Dennis, you mentioned maintenance there. I love you using that when we had wear and tear. Let's see if we can put some of that uh, into practice for real life. Uh, Out at Maryland today, Larry, you've been on your own uh, arthritis journey, Larry. I have, yeah. Just, um, I guess as we go, anyone over 25, 30 has arthritis. Mine in particular is osteo. Uh So I'm just wondering, rather than have um, um, too many uh, surgeries and other alternative treatments, if there's some sort of medicinal pathway that might be beneficial to easing the discomfort as of, at the moment, I'm currently taking the Panadol Osteo yes. on a regular basis. Yes. But um, I was wondering, is there any other natural herbs that might be able to ease it? You hear a lot on TVs and shows about all sorts of different yes. things, but you go, oh, maybe I'll talk to somebody who's got some experience in the area. That would be you, Dennis. Okay, thank you very much. Look, as far as osteoarthritis is concerned, I suffer a little bit of that myself, but I'm considerably, considerably older than you. But uh, years years ago, I developed my own product called Glucosaplex primarily for my patients and myself, and it Mm -hmm. has worked incredibly well for many patients as an ongoing medication to, in my opinion, lessen the development of the condition and Mm -hmm. in in some situations maintain a faltering mobility. My dear wife takes it. I take it. Numerous of my patients take it. It is formulated based on my own knowledge. The two leading constituents in it, as you would expect, are chondroitin and glucosamine, plus, Mm -hmm. however, plus important synergistic substances 
such as the bioflavonoids and others, which make it a useful preparation, along with other similar preparations in the marketplace. So I still am a great exponent of the modern understanding of the potential in glucosamine and mm-hmm. um, glucosamine-based products as as a starting base, particularly mm-hmm. in the early stages of osteoarthritis. I'm, I'm obliged to say some of the early work on using natural substances for mm-hmm. osteoarthritis was carried out by a medical practitioner in the UK in a well-known uh, Scottish hospital. I won't mention names or the name of the mm-hmm. doctor, although I have a copy of the paper. And he was treating a very compromised elderly lady with significant osteoarthritic symptoms, which had basically immobilized her. She was steroid dependent mm-hmm. and on crutches. That gentleman mm-hmm. uh, prescribed in desperation, I suspect, based on some of his reading, uh, the herb, the New Zealand green lip muscle. Now, mm-hmm. the New Zealand green lip muscle in my opinion, is still an underrated remedy, not just because it comes from New Zealand, but mm-hmm. because it's perhaps not as well known as the glucosamine chondroitin combinations. Mm-hmm. So those remedies, to my way of thinking, are starting bases. You can follow my enthusiasm by getting on the net and looking at the New Zealand greenlit muscle, the papers right. that have been written on it. If you contact my rooms at New Lantern, I'll happily forward you the paper, one of the first papers written uh, by a medical professional that was submitted to the Lancet uh, as mm-hmm. evidence of the potential of this medication when other things failed. Um, they're good starting bases. However, however, um, what we do know is that the two herbs that I previously mentioned, again, mm-hmm. when prescribed in a correct dosage and with a correct preparation, those two herbs, willow bark, with its anti-inflammatory and analgesic capacity, mild mm-hmm. analgesic capacity, when reinforced in combination with curcumin in significant dosage extracted mm-hmm. from turmeric, in my opinion, that is a good starting base for people who are seeking to do something for an osteoarthritic condition. I think that is a good recommendation to you. And both everything that I have said there, by the way, has as a documented evidential basis to it. This is not just, uh, how can you say, something off the top of one's head. I've lectured, I've, I've lectured <laughs> I on those things. I it wasn't. <laughs> okay. But look, I would happily uh, recommend those and okay. um, g- give those a try. I'd be surprised if you didn't get some relief. My wife will tell you, because she's much more regular in taking her sure. medication, she will tell you that um, I am infamous for my missing medication, but she mm. knows when I've not uh, taken my appropriate <laughs> glucosaplex preparation because well, I, start I start complaining. I start complaining. What do you reckon, Larry? It sounds like Dennis is a case of do as I say, not as I do. Uh, Dennis has is uh, on a journey like all of us. You must say that. But my, I'm, I'm much further along the track, Larry, dear, my, my dear friend, than what you are. All so. right. Best of, best of luck with it all, Larry. And I hope uh, Dennis has given you something to think about there. Ray from Mayfield. Ray, there's a hydration issue uh, for you today. What's going on, Ray? Yes, yes. I would like. I've been a long-term listener to Dennis for a few years now, and this is the first time I've actually called in because everybody else is up. But I thought, uh, especially in this hot weather, does Dennis have anything, any clues, helps, or 
perhaps a no, uh, perhaps a, not a secret secret potion, but perhaps something that could help us um, with hydration during these hot months, especially those who are outside and doing activities. Ray, all I'm going to say is something very simple. Um, just make sure you drink plenty of water. All right. There's nothing to be added to the water because no. there's a lot of stuff on that I on, in the market. I know. In the market. I know. In the market. Yeah. And um, perhaps, you know, no, what about, you know, like a little bit of fruit juice or anything? Well, or well, the, the, my, my concern about that, that is that uh, some of the uh, fruit juices have a significant amount of sugar in them. Yeah. And that worries me. Whereas if you're j just drinking pure, ordinary water and drinking plenty of it and not being persuaded by all the advertising media that you yeah. need to turn one of God's anti-hydration <laughs> medications into something which is basically the basis of a commercial preparation. Now, I'm being a bit cynical there, but I guess right. what, I, what I know is that in this country, it's easy to fall into the trap of not drinking adequate amount of fluid. And it's very, very important, particularly uh, those that have got sedentary work, to realise that you must keep drinking water. If you're not drinking water, all sorts of things can begin to occur. But there's, yeah. water is free. One, yeah. doesn't, one doesn't have to go and purchase the water. It's, it's free. This is the thing yeah. that, that puzzles me, to see the way now in which everyone is walking around with, with, with bottled water straps on. What I mean, yeah. um, it, 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 it puzzles me because uh, where I am in the valley, uh, we drink tank water, which is on all of our properties, and um, I haven't been poisoned or I'm not riddled with worms and I'm, I don't suffer dehydration. <laughs> riddled with worms. So, so I'm being a bit, look, Ray, I'm being a bit comical and not cynical, but I, I'm taking a stand against this idea that you've got to see something better than water to keep yourself free of summer dehydration. Drink oh, plenty of water. Best of luck uh, with a glass of H2O today. Um, Dennis, uh, just a bit of a quick uh, bit of housekeeping mm. from late last year. Jenny from Fern Bay, uh, mm. you may recall uh, recommending, uh, well, you may recall she talked about having a mucus buildup. Yes. She's eliminated dairy from her yes. diet, and that has worked, and she's okay. Yes, that's great. Is that something that um, could be across the board to everybody, or is that kind of putting us at the risk of one size fits all? When clearly it may not. That's a very good question. Um, what that dear lady has found out is that uh, in some situations, in some um, constitutions, if you like to use that term, um, there is a benefit, certainly in reducing if not cutting out, but certainly reducing the intake of dairy products. It's an observation rather than be, being a conclusive scientific um, um, statement. Um, I have seen and, and over my many, many years in practice that that simple technique uh, of suggesting to a patient who is stubbornly riddled with upper, upper respiratory tract mucus that they give a try on, uh, on retreating from dairy products for a trial period. And the result frequently is quite outstanding. Now, I'm going to say, so it doesn't therefore surprise me that this uh, dear lady has found some benefit in resolving her mucousy condition uh, by doing that little uh, trick, if you like to call it that in inverted commas. Let me just say, however, that that does not work for every person. And this is where, too, in my opinion, too much naturopathic um, uh, statement, if you like, tends to be ideological. 
And so everyone is recommended to go off milk, uh, and milk is uh, presented as an ogre. Milk is a great food, a great food, and we shouldn't therefore discourage people from using dairy products for all sorts of reasons. Dennis, do you feel that this is where... Um the health craze, and yeah. we've sort of seen yeah. versions of yeah. that yeah. certainly since the 80s and yeah. possibly even further back if yeah. you go the sugar versus fat, yeah. Yeah. different discussion. Yeah. Is this just the latest or, or the health craze that we have to be on the bandwagon? Well, look, I think health crazes have always been there and, and I wouldn't say this is a health craze because I've seen too many good results as a result of people. No, but, but in, in terms of being ideolo- ideology. I think it's a bit in danger of becoming an ideology. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, what I'm trying to say is what that dear lady experienced, uh, it's, it's not going to hurt anyone to give it a, a go, mm. but it's not going to work for everyone. But by gee, it's helped many people. Now, I'm going to say something a little bit weird here, a little bit weird. What we have found is that this mucousy type of condition that um, afflicts many, many people seems to be associated with people that are intensely blue-eyed, intensely blue-eyed, frequently uh, blonde, a broad nasal structure, and have a history of tonsillar conditions, uh, adenoidal conditions, and this is going to intrigue listeners, frequently in that sort of constitutional type, you will find little white dots around the periphery of the iris that's known in naturopathic terminology as a lymphatic rosary. Now, what I'm saying is that in certain systems of traditional medicine, particularly those developed in Germany by naturopathic people, individuals were put into constitutions And what we've found is that a constitution that is very Caucasian, very blonde, blue-eyed, and with what's called a lymphatic rosary, many of those people, in my experience, have a propensity to experience mucousy upper respiratory tract conditions also associated with adenoids and tonsils. And I have one daughter who's a classic example of that. To NURFM 103.7, we are tracking through... Dennis Stewart's first health naturally for 2023. Just taking his blood pressure. Everything seems okay so far over there, Dennis. I hope so. All right. Good afternoon, Michael at Nelson Bay. Uh, some thoughts on hypertension. What's happening, Michael? Uh, not much, mate. Just enjoying the day. Um, just, I just, I'm wondering because I didn't really want to take the medication from the doctor, and I had a pretty mild hypertension. Yes. So I just I wanted to look at if, if there was any herbs that I could um, think about taking. I know you've got to reduce your salt and yeah, things Michael, like that. This is Michael. I'd preface everything I'm going to say by saying that hypertension is not something that uh, should be treated lightly, and you probably agree with that. Uh, Correct. It's it's a it's a life endangering condition, and frequently yep. creeps up on people. Uh, and and does them damage by not being recognised in time. Um, What I would say is that if you need to be on a blood pressure medication, you need to be on a blood pressure medication. However, however, many GPs that are interested, and most of them are, in getting their patients to become involved in in their health and to do things for their health, uh, I have found are happy for patients to experiment with certain things. And you mentioned, for instance, a retreat from too much salt. 
also uh, something that would be useful is to consider the problem of, of weight. Weight loss frequently has a bearing on, on blood sugar levels and, in my opinion, also can reflect itself in mild, mild uh, reduction in blood pressure elevation. Uh, the other thing is, and there's, this is fairly, fairly well-based, it has been shown, um, statistics have shown, that people that move more towards um, a vegetarian diet with a low level of animal protein in it tend to have better blood pressure than those that are on a, a typical Western diet, heavy in protein and rich in, particularly in red meat um, situations. Uh, the Mediterranean diet, and I come back to that, with its emphasis on seafood, um, a lot of uh, olive oil, uh, a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables, uh, the occasional um, glass of good quality red wine, you know, I emphasise that, good quality red wine, that tends to reflect itself in improved uh, longevity and improved uh, hypertension um, states. I think that's the way that I would be looking at it from the point of view of if it's in an early stage, discuss with your GP your concern about uh, going on to medication. If he says you need to be on it, you need to be on it. But also if you explain to him that you're interested in doing some lifestyle things, quite apart from taking herbs, and I'll come up with that in a moment, I think you'll find you'll get management. Now, let me just say this. It's very easy to become familiar with taking your own blood pressure. I'm a great one for encouraging my patients to purchase a little blood pressure measuring unit from the pharmacy and to begin to log and monitor their blood pressure readings across the day. Our blood pressure never, ever remains exactly the same across the day. And sometimes when we present to our medical practitioners, the very process of presenting uh, and experiencing a medical consultation, what used to be called the white coat syndrome, sometimes that can, not as much today perhaps, uh, but it can cause an elevation in blood pressure by monitoring our blood pressures ourselves. We can get a bit of an idea of how our blood pressure moves, the things that might be causing the stress, and address those things in the lifestyle. Now, I was talking to my colleague Mark here during the interlude. It was shown in the United States and a paper written up in a magazine called Modern Health, that the taking of one's blood pressure regularly has shown some uh, tendency to see the blood pressure of that individual improve over time. Now, the mechanism for that has been put down to things like uh, biofeedback, uh, demythologizing the whole process of having your blood pressure measured. I think if you're concerned about your blood pressure, do what I frequently do, not perhaps every day, but start to take your blood pressure and see what it works out at across the day, show it to your GP, initiate some of those lifestyle modifications, move towards a, a diet that I've suggested more in the direction of the Mediterranean diet, uh, where, by the way, the ingestion of a lot of olives, the ingestion of a lot of olives can be very useful for blood pressure. Olives contains a substance called oleorupin, and in Dr. Weiss's text, German text on herbal medicine, it has shown to have some very, very mild but useful uh, lowering of blood pressure capacity.
All right, best of luck uh, for you, Michael. We'll squeeze one more in uh, right now. Karen at Maitland, a lot of arthritis we've been talking about today, and uh, that is uh, something you've got in the spine, Karen? That's right. I have um, apparently severe arthritis in my spine. Yes. Uh, spinal stenosis. Yes. Uh, where the sciatic nerve is rubbing. Oh, dear. Uh, and they've suggested surgery, but I'm sort of terrified okay. of back surgery. I don't know Look, if I it's think inevitable or what. Sometimes, Karen, we, we have to weigh up uh, the, the advantages as opposed to uh, ongoing suffering, which may in fact get worse as time goes on. Um, I would um, say that if you have outstripped the capacity of pain management, anti-inflammatory medic- medication, etc. Um, the only way to go is to seriously consider uh, the um, the procedure that your doctors would have recommended to you. Um, yes. I, I think that I'd be thinking seriously about that. You cannot live happily in ongoing pain. No, it's quality of life, I suppose, isn't and look, it? So, sometimes in our lives we have to take... Um, a leap, and that leap may work out well or it may work out not as well. But in your situation, it would seem to me that if, and I can only say that if I were in your situation, and I'm perhaps older than you, uh, I'd no, be... I'm 74. Well, I'm older than that, my dear. I'm older than that. <laughs> You're only a youth. Uh, I would be seriously discussing it with your doctor. We've got some top, top specialists in this town. I would... I would I would go down the pathway if I were you, the medical pathway. Have time for one uh, more caller, so uh, we'll just wrap up in the meanwhile. But Dennis, we were mentioning your your hypothesis yes. on certain That's a good word. certain body types and body traits and ancestral information that can sort of give us uh, a bit of a clue on yes. some of the things. Yes. Maybe Jenny rang back and said that she was once. Blue-eyed, blonde. So I'm suggesting the grey hairs jumped in. Yeah. Um, so you go. mentioned that particular type of, yeah, you know, that person extraction. And she she was the lady that uh, spoke about the virtues of going off dairy products. She was. And I said that in some people, particularly of her constitutional mm-hmm. type, a blonde, blue-eyed beauty, there is a propensity to experience mucus. Well done, Jenny. Thanks for ringing back to confirm it because people would have thought that I've, I would have lost my barber by saying that, but there's <laughs> something in it, Jenny. Thank uh, you. little anecdotal evidence never goes <laughs> astray. Now, while we're on the uh, liquids mm. and, and hydration, Ray also, yeah. remember he said, look, it's, it's a bit hot outside. Yes. Why do I take water? Yes. Um, you said, look, definitely just a glass of water was yes. the go. Um, you realise there was a lady from Italy that was 105. Okay. And she was actually asked a secret to a long life. Okay. And, and it was all about liquid, Dennis. Wow. She said, look, well, what's the secret? Look, for di- better digestion, I drink beer. In case of appetite loss, I drink white wine. In case of low blood pressure, I drink red wine. When I have high blood pressure, scotch. And when I have a cold, I drink schnapps. And the interviewer asked, well, when do you drink water? And she said... Uh, I've never been that sick yet. <laughs> so, 
I'm not sure where that fits into um, herbal. Let's close the program very well. You've shot me out of the water. Yeah, Dennis will not only be not returning, but he's also closing up his practices because um, she might have been referring to some of the water supplies around maybe. the world. That's possible. Which are not pure water. I can assure you. Maybe that was maybe never gave that a thought. Um, so anyway, Ray, that might be a bit of extra advice for you. Now um, next week, Dennis, yeah. we'll could kind of continue some of the the herbs yeah, and other yeah, extracts. Yeah that we didn't get to today. One is bromelain. Oh, look, I want to talk about bromelain, the enzyme from pineapple. And we've been talking about rheumatoid arthritis today. This is a big recommendation for aspects of rheumatoid arthritis, particularly the swelling associated with uh, pain in this condition. Bromelain has something to offer. And next week, I'll excite the listeners, I'm sure, with the potential of this simple, safe extract of pineapple to address swelling associated with rheumatoid arthritis. Dennis, we look forward to it. We'll uh, catch up with you uh, next Friday right here at 2NURFM. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.